dispatch to all units. This is a third alarm. Switch to the TAC channel. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the TAC channel. I'm your host, Heath Meredith. Got a special guest on. Uh, he was a huge hit on the last show that we had with him. It was uh, from the ring to the rig. If everybody remembers, Captain Marjay Nepp, former co-worker, fought a lot of fires together, had a lot of fun together. And, uh, you know, the last show we talked a lot about his, some of his personal journey of everything from his career to some of his hobbies outside. Talked about family stuff and fatherhood, everything like that. So I just I highly encourage everybody to go give that show a listen and just kind of get to know kind of how this this little series with Captain Nepp has started. And um, now we're just progressing. Basically, we, uh, we've been having a ton of uh, scheduling conflicts and everything, trying to get everything rolling. He was scheduled for a fight at the end of last year. And due to promoters and all crazy stuff, it ended up uh, falling through. And then rolling into the first this year, he's got a new promoter with his, his fight coach and everything like that. And they were able to get, get him put on a fight card for February 11th. So we've been pretty much jumping through through every hoop we can to try to get all the stuff done that we needed to. And so now we're able to finally jump on and, uh, and get a show together and, and talk a lot about the fight, talk about his process, getting ready for it because he, uh, he had to do a lot of prep work very quickly. So we basically just been um, getting everything together that we could and uh, super excited to have him back on the show. So what's up, RJ? What's up, y'all? Man, uh, I can't tell you how much I've been looking forward to this just based off the, uh, the, you know, the feedback we got on the last one. I, I never, um, <laughs> I, I never would have realized that being, I never would have realized that just firemen opening up almost like leads it like forcible entry into like a new realm for them to where they just start talking and the last show and the feedback was absolutely amazing and it was awesome and uh you know like like uh like he said man if you haven't listened to the last episode i would definitely encourage go listening to that and uh enjoy because it's a, it's a really good episode definitely a lot of deep stuff uh which i'm sure we'll get into but uh Man, I'm stoked. Absolutely. Yeah, it was uh it was pretty phenomenal to have just the tons of feedback. I mean, I was getting <laughs> getting messages from people that I hadn't talked to in a long time telling me they were proud uh that we were we were getting on here. You know, we both kind of have in the fire department kind of have a reputation of uh being a little bit of hard asses, being a little bit of cowboys, um fighting a lot of fires, all that kind of stuff. So for people to actually hear us talk about family shit and talk about you know going through divorce and just all that kind of stuff people were like damn that y'all that was that was a super truthful uh podcast and and yeah the feedback from it was absolutely amazing it really it goes along with the whole movement of this third alarm cowboys of you know we're all real people we're real firemen uh we're doing the job getting on the truck and taking care of the community but we all still have a real life at home. We all still have our problems. We all still have our joys in, in regular everyday life. And a lot of times that, that kind of stuff gets forgotten just with the everyday, you know, trying to get everybody tactically trained up, trying to get everybody tr leadership training and all that kind of stuff to get them promoted and all that, that we talk about that kind of stuff in the fire service all the time, the actual, the fire station training, you know, actual fire career training. But a lot of the times we're not prepping 
the men and women doing the job on on all the other aspects of their life. So that's kind of what this movement has um, been from the beginning. Was talking a lot about real real life problems, talking about you know the the actual person that a firefighter is. And um, yeah, the last show just really it kind of launched shit <laughs> into warp drive as far as all that stuff goes because it had it got a lot of people thinking. Um, we got messages from people that were like, holy shit, you know, I've, I've been in that same spot. I felt that same way. You know, RJ talked about basically going to work to hide from personal problems. You know, you can go to work and work a shitload of overtime and go to a, a busy firehouse and run a lot of calls and, and you're getting to be somebody else's hero and take care of somebody else's problems. But you've got a million problems of your own at the house that you're basically avoiding because you're encompassing your brain and your heart and your soul into work and it's you're able to hide and we really dove in really deep on that so you know yeah the feedback from that was absolutely amazing people were, were just the outcry everybody that struck a nerve with a lot of people yeah and i and i think it's you know based on it i think a lot of people just like you said man a lot of people people resonate with that um and it's very true, man. And I'm still doing it today, and I and I'm sure you're still doing it. And it's it's just what we become, man. And and the biggest thing about this movement, you know, that we tried to start, you know, it has the the change has to become somewhere, man. Like it's okay to talk. It's it. It's just it's not okay to be like that anymore. Like you gotta take a stand somewhere, and for fire chiefs around the world to be like oh you're just a fucking number like you're fucking retarded that fucking number is keeping your fire service going so you should be doing everything you could to prepping them and doing all this other stuff uh, pro athletes last because the places take care of them we do more than fucking pro athletes do we yeah. may not come home tomorrow a fucking pro athlete's gonna go home the next day yeah i mean so, absolutely <clears throat> that's absolutely you know right. that's just something that's being lost in and stuff like that, and it, and it it just baffles me to no end, I guess. Yeah, I mean it's a complete rat race. I mean, you know, talked about it in several of the other episodes throughout this show of just the the struggles at all ranks that I see. You know, having been worked at several different departments as well as you have, every department really and truly, you know, you change the badge or the patch on your arm, I should say, and all that, but. Ultimately, it's still the same struggles everywhere. You got people that are in over their head in their positions, so they're playing catch up. You got people that are there, you know, for for wrong reasons, whatever it is, in those positions, from rookie firefighter all the way to, to the top chief spot. And whenever uh, everybody is trying to focus on saving their own ass, it limits the ability to look at the big picture and be able to say. You know, okay, well, these people aren't, they're not machines. They're not computers. They're not robots. Like, they're real people. And, you know, you hear it all the time. Fires burn hotter now because of all the synthetics and just all that kind of stuff. You know, the, the stats are the fires burn hotter. We're running way more calls because now 85% or more of fire departments are doing EMS. So the call volume is higher. So everything else on an operational status is progressing and increasing and everybody's taking note of that but people yeah they're not focusing on what the toll that that takes on the actual individual um firefighters and, and you know people that are on on the shifts so i mean i'm i'm very passionate about this 
as well as I know you are to sound like a middle schooler. It's been super awesome to be able to do all this and lock arms with you and, you know, the team that, that we've built around us doing all the, you know, everything from our graphic design to, you know, we've, we've got locked arms with some people that's got our shirts and stuff coming, just all kinds of stuff that we've got in the works. And it's, it's been really awesome to, uh, to kind of build all that. And, and everybody understands where we're coming from and everybody supports it. Yeah. <clears throat> and that's, that's the part that's really cool to me. You know, I, I've said several times the reason that I wanted to do this show was because basically these are the conversations that I've had with crew members throughout my career, but this show allows myself and you and, you know, the other guests and stuff that have been on and then that were coming on in the future, the ability to have these kind of conversations on a, on a very broad level and we can reach a whole lot more people than you ever will sitting just at the kitchen table or on the truck bumper uh, at your station, you know. Absolutely. And this, you know, that, Man, this this show has reached reached people that I've never in my wildest dreams thought it would. I mean, you know, it just I've never thought that it would reach or people, certain people that have heard this show, I've never thought that they would listen to it. You know, and uh, you know, it, it's just I'm really happy that we're this is here and whatever we can do to help someone else like that and bring the old fire service back is what the plan is and what the ultimate goal is absolutely been we've been planning to do this show for a while now so i've thought of several things but um something that really kind of uh kind of hit me pretty hard this week that was going to be and and i want to ask you before i really kind of forget i guess if you will but um it was something that i've been thinking about and we're going to dive more into it as we go on throughout the show as far as uh, all the things that you know you involve you're involved with and you've done as hobbies and, and career paths and all that kind of stuff but basically to me you are a prime example of someone that chases their dreams you know you you've talked about <clears throat> the different the different avenues in your career you went from being you know you've done the firefighting thing to doing the flight medic thing to doing you know, the offshore helicopter rescue thing came and worked in the plants with me doing, uh, you know, the industrial firefighting stuff. You made, you've made captain, you've been successful as a captain and that's all just the stuff you've done in your career. And then, you know, outside of your career, you've done motocross, you've done MMA now you're doing pro boxing, all these different, basically dreams that you've had throughout your life. You've, you know, you've always chased those. Like for me, my, my look on it is, you know, I've chased my dream of, um, you know, being in the fire service. I always wanted to do that. I wanted to be a captain. I, you know, did that and basically have accomplished that. And my next dream is, is doing this podcast and everything like that. But with that, um, I was listening to a, a show uh, that I follow. It's Andy Frisella. I follow his podcast. And something that he was talking about um, on a, a couple episodes ago was – Basically, whenever you chase your dream or you do the things you want to do, you can pretty much guarantee that 50, 50% of the people in your life and the people around you are not going to support you. They're going to hate oh, on I you. Mean, They're that, gonna, that's a, yeah, that's 100%, bro. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, even like this show, you know, we've, <laughs> we've had coworkers, uh, friends, family, even, you know, people that, you know, supported in the beginning and then ended up, you know, not supporting it. It just, it's kind of crazy how you could try to be doing good and helping, 
But you're still going to have the people, no matter what you do, you're going to have people that are going to just absolutely hate your shit. And so I really wanted to ask you, of all those different avenues of all the stuff that you did, you know, for, for me, you're an example. For your kids, you're an example. You're doing these things, you know, your little boy looks up and is like, well, my daddy did all this stuff. So when he tells me I could be anything I want to be, my dad's not full of shit. You know, and, I, and I'm trying to set that for my own kids, you know, where I can tell them, you know, I had this dream, I chased it, and I accomplished it. Now I had another dream, I chased it, and I accomplished it. And, you know, far too often I think that is not taught to our younger generations, even the younger firefighters in our career. They're not being taught to be critical thinking, problem-solving, badass firemen. They're just being taught, these are the policies, this is your little square you're supposed to stay inside of, and you're not allowed to go outside of that or you're a piece of shit. And so I, I really wanted to ask you, I know that was kind of long-winded, but I wanted to ask you, like, throughout chasing all those different avenues, what did you do, like, when the people, you know, the people around you, friends, family, coworkers, anything like that, when they hated on you, didn't support you, um, you know, made your life difficult or created created challenges and stuff like what exactly did you do to get through those processes to be where you are now and have accomplished what you have accomplished um i mean really <laughs> you already know what my answer is going to be i had a lot of fuck it I, I don't really care um you know and just because it goes along with this i've had a, a die hard fucking supporter before and you know we've talked about that in the past and, and pissed that person away unfortunately and that's pretty much the only like deep down no matter what i decided i was going to do support that i've ever had everybody else has always been like are you kidding me are you kidding me yeah fuck you it's not your dream you're not doing it like that's just the mentality that i've had but again it comes down to great leaders man i, I had good leaders when i started that said man if that's what you really want to do i support you and that's what I tell guys now, man. I've had guys say, hey, man, I'm thinking about doing X, Y, Z. Bro, I'll do whatever I can to help you. And as a leader, that's what you should be doing. It shouldn't be like, oh, that's retarded. You should just stay here. Yeah, granted, yeah, I mean, I want them to stay. It's not like I don't. But some of these people are kids. And when I say kids, like early 20s, like you have to mold and direct. And it's not about you, you know. We we talked about that so much on our last show. Being a an officer is not fucking about you. And when you lose sight of that, you should either a quit being an officer, or if you never had that sight, you shouldn't have been an officer to begin with. Oh, so, absolutely, yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm but, spot on. <clears throat> spot, but the mentality you the mentality you have to have for that is, you know what? This is what I want to do. You know, if your goal. When you get in the fire service after you get years, you know, I want to become an EO. Cool. Voice that. Like, hey, you know, when I... But there's ways to do certain things. If your goal is outside there, don't ever let anybody tell you you can't do something. I'm a prime example, man. I'm <laughs> I'm not the smartest fucking man alive. I'm, uh, you know, I don't do tests very well, but I persevered and I've consistently pushed for what i wanted and i got it and being that you're right i i hope my kids which are very smart and way smarter than i am already 
anything that they ever decide to do, you know, um, no matter what it is. And I don't ever want to be just like my parents, you know, my mom and dad, my dad will hear something and be like, oh, I'm thinking about going back to being a flight. Or when I first wanted to become a flight medic, hey, you got this, you can do whatever you want to do. You know, the only thing he's ever talked about is like retirement. Like, hey, now, especially now, is like, hey, you need to start thinking about retirement. Right. You know, <laughs> that's, that's the only difference. Um, but, yeah, my mentality has definitely been for the naysayers. Fuck you, watch this. That's really what it's been. <laughs> I love it. I mean, you know, I'm the same way. Uh, I don't, yeah. I had never, it, it's never been any skin off my back as far as that went. Um, but, you know, for some people out there, it is, uh, you know, it can be a gut check or, you know, it can even be, you know, super disappointing people when, even you know, their family or whatever doesn't support them in doing things. Um, yeah. My whole thought on that is just people, people need to, to just push through. If it's something, you know, you only get one life to live. So if it's something that you want to do, you need to chase it. I mean. Just like I got tattooed on my forearms, bro. One life, one chance. Yeah. There ain't no second, there ain't no redo of this shit. Life ends tomorrow, man. It, you know, you better... When you get to those pearly gates, you're going to be able to say, I was doing or I was pursuing what I wanted to do or I was just living someone else's dream because they didn't want me to do that. And I absolutely refuse to fucking do that. No one is going to tell me, you can't do that because I don't want you to do that. Cool. You don't fucking need to be around me then because I'm obviously not the person that conforms to what you think you know, you can do whatever you want to do if that's what makes you happy. And that's just the mentality you got to have. And, and you're right. A lot of these new firemen are on doing this or I didn't do that because so-and-so wasn't going to like that. Or I don't want to make enemies or I want to be in. And right now, the biggest thing is fucking clicks in the fire service. When the hell did the goddamn fire service start having separate clicks inside the fire service. It used to be when you were a fireman, you were in the click with those firemen. And now the fucking fire service, different fire departments have their own different clicks between shit, even crews. And it's absolutely fucking ridiculous, man. Like if you're a douchebag that has a fucking click in the fire service and it's not, it's not your whole goddamn crew. Now granted, we, we all have, People we don't like, right? We, we all get that. But if you're one of the motherfuckers starting to click in your own fire service, say, hey, me, like having your own little clubhouse, you're a fucking douchebag. Like, get the fuck out of the fire service. Yeah, go, like, go, go do that be, crap somewhere else. Yeah, it should be your crew, man. Like, it should be your whole crew. And granted, trust me, again, I get it. We all have people we don't get along with. And yeah, maybe you don't conform to that person whatever. But it's still your brother or your sister, man. Like, granted, you, you guys may not work out together or whatever, but don't do not do this self-isolation shit where everybody's in their own separate fucking rooms, everybody's doing their own thing, you come together, you shove food down your mouth, and you go back to doing separate things. Like, fuck that. Like, that's not what this is. That's not what the service is about. And if you're in a busy house, shit, you, you don't get to do that anyway. Yeah, I was but, gonna say I think that's a that's a, a slower a slower station problem. Um, just from you know what I I've experienced in my career, it seems like the busier houses do have the better camaraderie. I mean, every everybody yeah. is 
comes together. Because, yeah, I mean, you're either you're either running your calls or you try to get the station put back together or the truck put back together, uh, trying to get some food. And then, you know, you're running the next call. Um, and you don't have that time, uh, that downtime for the separation. I, I do 100% agree with you on that. Uh, you know, and, I, and I've been guilty of that, that during COVID when, you know, we were – you were there when we were stuck at the station for days on end. Uh, yeah. After you're with the same four or five guys for four days, you're uh, you're ready to go to your room and shut the door. And uh, I mean, I, I do understand that, but yeah, this coming in and then you know you only work just a regular shift and go home, and you you do see it. People don't even know each other. They don't even know, you know, don't even know what what their partner's spouse's name is or kids' names are. I mean, that's that that is definitely something. Uh, culturally that uh, we really do need to, to get a grip on. And I don't know if it's because everybody's looking at their phones all the time. That's that's my personal opinion that I think it is. You know, we're more connected than we've ever been with social media, but we're more distant sitting in the same room. Very, very much so. Uh, you, you got five or six different people or seven people if you got a dull house and you got four in the engine and three in the ladder you got seven different people looking at seven different things on their phone and nobody's talking to each other. Yep. Dead, uh, dead silence. Not even, not even, not even old days where it's the TV playing in the background and guys are just bullshitting. Like, and I'm guilty of that too. That's why I'm saying that I get it. Like I'm not, I'm not being the douchebag just saying it because I'm on a platform to say it. I'm saying it because I've seen it. I've been guilty of it. And it's, you know, it, it just sucks. Yeah, it's definitely you know? something we need to address. Uh, now, what exactly the solution is, I don't know. I don't know if the officers need to step up and say, you know, at this time to this time, we're going to have to put put the phones down unless it's a spouse calling. Uh, you know, I heard not too long ago about about a crew that was getting on to one of their guys because they, they were attempting to do that. And then guy's wife was calling there and of course he answers the phone because it's his wife calling and they're like he's on our time he's not on your well that's not really cool why why no. does the kids come first um yeah but as far as sitting there playing on facebook playing on you know whatever on your phone we definitely i think we need to start kind of kind of limiting that and start putting blocks of time together to spend together because you're absolutely right i mean i remember as a kid growing up and stuff go to the fire station and it's like one i mean that truly is where the family was and then everybody knew everybody's family everybody knew everybody's wives you know and and even if you went out of town and guys would see your union sticker on your truck or they see that you know you were wearing a maltese cross they talked to you and it wasn't like it wasn't this oh well i work here and you work there so you know, well, fuck your department, and we're better. Blah. It was none of that. Like, oh, you're a fireman? Hell, that's badass. I'm a fireman. And it was Man, like me, that all over the you, place. Let me buy you a beer. Yeah, exactly, you know? exactly. And I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure exactly where that you know kind of switch turned, or, or we went start going down a, a little different road and whatnot. But you know, first way to start fixing something is to recognize it and and acknowledge it. So that's definitely something yep. that that we can start start working on. You know, guys can start actually making a conscious effort to, to try to fix and spend more time. But, uh, yeah, I just wanted – really, I wanted to ask that while it was fresh in my mind as far as, like, how you did – because, you know, your your career is kind of crazy. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. and, and some 
some people may look at your career and be like, well, you know, he's worked a lot of jobs. Yeah, but he did that by choice. You know, he yeah, and, and you know what? And we we already know what this is about. I I actually just got asked a very good question um, of of somewhere I recently interviewed, right? And uh, this is the way that I look at it, and this is what I can tell anybody else. A, there's nothing wrong with spending thirty years at the same job. That's the way it used to be. Once you started, you were there, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Someone looking to do the experience, to do different things, this is the way that I look at it because that's the side that I fall into. If you're doing the same things inside that scope, right? Like most of my stuff was still paramedicine. It was still emergency, somewhat emergency, whatever. It just, to me, that makes you, that shows how adaptive you are in emergency situations. If you're a fireman and you go be a flight paramedic, to me, and then you want to go back to the fire service, if someone ever asks you what what separates you from another candidate, <laughs> I'm adaptive. I just went from doing the shit on the street to doing it in a helicopter, and, you know, I want to come back to the fire service. And obviously, you know, th- there's certain things, in the, and I only speak from experience, because I, I've had places ask, why should, why should we hire you? I'm done chasing dreams. Like, I've done everything I've wanted to do. And I can honestly say that in the fire service, public service realm, I've done everything I've wanted to do. From being in a helicopter to dangling from a hook to 300 feet above the ground to now I'm a company officer. And my next step is, unfortunately, hopefully maybe that BC or DC spot somewhere down the road. And... I have a feeling that's probably where it's going to end because I'm not quite sure anybody else is going to want me any higher than that. <laughs> well, you never but, know. You never know. Um, I, true. I, there, there is a change. I feel like there is a change as a whole in the fire service where we are getting uh, back to rewarding the hard workers and the hard chargers and the guys that are doing the doing the job for the right reasons. I, I see it. You know, on Facebook, we follow all these groups, and we're part of all these groups now with this show and everything. And there is a, a vast uh, percentage of firefighters out there, fire chiefs and all that, that are really taking recognition of the um, the next generation coming in and the people that are wanting to do it for the right reasons. They may not have all the million qualifications and degrees and all that kind of stuff, but they're starting to recognize, like, hey, this guy may not have a degree, but... He knows but his craft, can, you, and he's, but he's you good can with get people. That. That's, that's what I've never understood. Like, if you require a degree, say, hey, look, just like some places hire you and say you've got six months or X, Y, Z to obtain this, right? Yeah. Make yeah. it reasonable, but you, you have to take the time and service into account. Absolutely. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's... But you're right. Fire, there are some fire chiefs around, and, you know, I'm sure more fire chiefs than there are bad fire chiefs. They're saying, look, I want guys that can do the job and will make it. They have to get X, Y, Z in X amount of time, whatever it may be, right? Mm-hmm. And granted, I get the, you know what? They have to have it before they even apply to this. In certain realms, yeah, you should. Right. Um, but, uh, yeah, there's definitely a lot of people that are like, oh, well, but three years in, I'm already an officer, too, and I'm ready to be an officer. No. <laughs> Yeah, you pump, most definitely are not <laughs> pump the brakes a little bit. There's a lot more to yeah. it. Yeah, 
Because to I, me, I you love can. I the you, fact that you you have the drive. But yep. what do you have the drive for? Is it really because you want to lead and you know it's not about you, or you just want that white fucking or that uh, red helmet and whatever and the pay? You, you're yeah. Yeah, to me, that's what yeah. I see a lot. A lot of of those type situations is mostly for the pay. You know, we and we've addressed the, the finances and stuff like that on, on previous shows because that I think is a, a large portion because shit is just insanely too expensive right now to be living on a firefighter budget. And so, the only option that that most firemen have is you know either pick up a second job, uh, which a lot of them are already doing that, or promote and rush rush the promotions to try to get you know the higher pay rate. Yep. But I think I do think that's going to be something that that could possibly change too because. There are some departments that are starting to recognize that, that people are strictly taking promotions for the money. So, I mean, I know of three departments uh, locally in Texas that are creating and, and implementing a, a actually really solid step pay program that allows basically someone that might not be the best officer type uh, personality, but they're a great fireman. It allows them to get make more money and stay in that position of firefighter so they remain good at where the, you know what their personality is they can stay in that firefighter role and make more money by doing that rather than having to promote for more money um yep. yeah i know several departments that are that are doing that i think that that's great um there's no reason why a 20 year firefighter can't make you know good money if they don't want to promote they don't want to drive they don't want to be an officer they they shouldn't cap out at rookie firefighter pay it absolutely. should absolutely like gr- their pay should grow with their experience and with their career, and I think that that is a a very intelligent solution to try to fix the bad leadership uh, a- across the service because you know and even like the college degree stuff like you can you can send someone to get a college degree easier than you can teach someone that has bad personality for leadership or bad characteristics for leadership to be a good leader like make sure that the person is solid and is in it for the right reasons then send them to school that to me that is a lot healthier of a route than just hiring somebody because they have a degree absolutely um i think that that there's a lot of change i'm seeing you know i know you know a lot of the same guys that i do that are from the houston area and everything like that and they're traveling all over the country putting out a ton of awesome information when it comes to leadership and, you know, command tactics, just all that kind of stuff. And, and a lot of these type situations are being addressed, especially, you know, a lot of the political stuff. Lord knows Houston Fire Department's been under attack politically for decades. Um, yep. And so those guys are able to take the experiences they've been through and go to these other cities and help some of those uh, fire departments with some of their same issues, you know, and, and basically stop their struggles before it gets to the point where other departments are. So I think that it, I think that there's a good change coming. Hope that we're a part of it, and because uh, that is, you know, that's my goal. That's your goal, and the rest of our team's goal. But anyway, man, well let's uh let's jump in and start talking about about a little bit of your your fight journey over the last couple months. You know, last show we were gearing up talking about you know your fight that was going to happen in November that ended up you know, falling through because of the promoter issues and everything. But uh, you were already working out. Were you doing two days at that point? Or was uh, when did you start kicking off your two days, start stripping your weight and stuff? 
Um, you know, the two days and stuff have kind of been, they haven't been an everyday thing, uh, just because of the, the lovely schedule that I'm on. Right. So it, it's really just been, I mean, I'd say just the dedication to get back after it. You know, uh, for you guys don't know, uh, uh, August, was it August about that? August somewhat, I was 250 pounds. Today is February 8th. 205 pounds and as well i step on the scale on friday i'll be an even 200 pounds so i lost 50 pounds in six months something like that <laughs> i was gonna say man it's been pretty crazy you're making me look terrible <laughs> yeah yeah because when we were working together we were we were pretty much the same size yeah you know and you've been <laughs> you've been kicking ass and i have not uh which has been motivating for me and has been really a reality check for me that uh you know, even with the crazy shifts and all that that I work, I still am um, going to have to get myself back to being responsible. So just know you've done that for me. Well, but, that's awesome. Yeah, I uh, I just had that realization, you know, me and, and uh, uh, the rest of the team and stuff we were talking about the other day, and I'm like, when you sent me that picture of you from training the other day, I was like, golly, he's <laughs> he looks phenomenal. Which I'm sure, I mean, you you got to feel a million times better and stuff than what you were because I know you your joints and everything like that were tearing you up. So, um, man, I'll tell you what, I I haven't had any issues with my joints that I had and stuff before, and and I do like I feel a hundred times better. I mean, there are days just I think recently because of the the cutting weight, but man, I the clarity, the in and out of the rig, just everything, man, just. I, I don't know, man. It's definitely a working out is definitely an outlet. So if you're not obviously getting your face punched in as your outlet, working out is definitely the outlet that I would recommend that if you've got some issues going on, start dropping some weight, man. It doesn't have to be 50 pounds in six months, but you drop 10 pounds, you're going to feel amazing about yourself. You're going to look down and be like, man. Uh, I could see straight down or whatever it may be. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But, yeah. um, you know, right now you put on, I put on certain shirts. I'm like, damn, <laughs> I lost a lot of shit, a little weight. Uh huh. Make you feeling all sexy and stuff too. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, so for the people, I mean, you know, I understand the fight fight game and everything just from a little bit of history and everything like that. But explain to the people like what, um, you know, what your reason for cutting was and and everything like that, like what, you know, what the weight classes and everything like that are for, for pro boxing. Um, so boxing is definitely a little bit different than what I'm used to as far as MMA, right? Um, I was kind of stuck in an odd position uh, as far as weight-wise is I could have stayed where I was and been fat. Yeah, I probably could have got cardio in shape, but I would have been fighting guys – massive massive heavyweights and then so what you got is you got 201 pounds and then anything above that and what 201 and up is heavyweight um i chose to stay in the the cruiserweight division because the cruiserweight is is recognized by a lot more sanctioning bodies like the wba the wbc um the iba or yeah, the uh, International Boxing Commission just that has cruiserweight. Not that I'm ever going to get there to you know those professional, but you never know. And I didn't want to be stuck in 
a weight class that I shouldn't be in. <laughs> um, and I sure as hell don't want to be stuck and got, you know, my next step after that would be cut down to light heavyweight and that's 168 to 175 pounds. That Ooh. shit ain't happening no more. No. Like, uh, you know, I'm 200 pounds, weigh, stepping on a scale to maximum of 200 pounds. I feel great, man. Um, I still feel strong. I don't feel weak. I don't look sickly. You know, I, I, I still have some size to me. I just, uh, I feel good. I am, man, I'm so fucking ready to fight. <laughs> yeah, I can tell you're, you've been chomping at the bit for about two weeks yeah. now. Well, what, uh, I mean, what exactly is your, is your regiment right now? Like going in, I mean, this is fight week. You got a couple days left. Uh, um, so I, you know, I, I'm learning this as I go, man. I, you know, um, so my coach Antonio Flores at pound for pound up here, uh, in Conroe or South spring or north spring whatever you want to say because it's just south of uh it actually wouldn't be conroe it'd be spring um you know we were training today and uh i i switched from my 18 ounces i went to fight gloves today so i was wearing 10 ounce gloves we didn't do any rounds we just did i did by the time he was like hey we're done i did 14 minutes straight so i did my entire fight without stopping and i was in 10 ounce gloves so really right now it's just trying to put the work in but i'm not overdoing it you know i'm not taking away from what i have to rebuild mm-hmm. i'm just kind of what what did he say that i'm just kind of teasing the body a little bit like i'm getting it up there and then i'm holding it like i'm getting ready to let you go on saturday i'm getting you up there i'm getting i'm gonna let you go on saturday but it's just kind of getting the last couple of pounds off you know hopefully when i get up tomorrow morning i'll be a little closer than what i was today when i got up and then by Friday morning, I would hope I don't have to lose any, but I'll probably have to lose two or three pounds. You gonna go sauna suit at that point, or? I'm wearing a sauna suit now. I had the sauna suit on last night, um, <laughs> training, and I was in it. Man, I was in it for well. Let's put it this way: I was in it long enough that you could walk, you could literally track me in the boxing ring, and then when I got in the other ring that we were in you could see my footsteps because I was sweating through my boxing shoes. <laughs> Last time I was water was pouring. Um, and I think I lost like nine, nine and a half pounds yesterday. Ooh. Just last night alone. Jeez. You know, I obviously, once I started drinking some water, my body was like, oh, and sucking it up. But right. Yeah. I, I'll go. I'll probably go hit the sauna. Um, hopefully I don't have to, cause I absolutely hate that. But you know, and that's the thing, like before, <laughs> when I was cutting all his weight, I was like I was telling Antonio today, I'd be up at 5 a.m. and I'd be in the sauna because I knew I was going to have eight, nine pounds a day of weigh-ins and I'd be completely drawn out, man. And then I'm supposed to rehydrate by the next day? No. I fight Saturday night, I'll be 220, Ooh. maybe. <laughs> maybe 250, depending, you know, I don't want to go two over because I don't want to be slow. Right. You know, but... Anywhere between, I would say, 210, 215, 220 might be a little overdoing it. But the guy that I'm fighting is coming up in weight, so uh, he's going to have a hard time. Oh, okay. I, yeah, I was going to ask you what uh, what your opponent's like conditions were. So he he's having to gain to make weight. He is. Uh, he's coming up from light heavyweight to fight at cruiserweight. Um, he's six one, I think. He's a tall dude. Okay. Um, it, and it's going to be a good fight, man. It, nothing is ever going to be a walkthrough. I mean, if it ends up being a walkthrough, it is. But, you know, I'm approaching as it's going to be 
he's a championship caliber fighter. And that's how I'm going to enter into that area. Hell yeah. Yeah, we're ready, man. Um, yeah, we, you know, we'll be there with some of the team members that live, that live close. They're, they're going to be there. We're going to be cheering you on and, and bring some of the family and stuff like that. So we're pretty stoked. Um, it's been a long it's gonna time. It's going to be a hell of an event, man. This, you know, it's just going to be a hell of an event. The way that Antonio has set this show up, and that's exactly what it's going to be. It's going to be a, a show. Like, it's not just going to be one fighter after the next fighter after the next fighter after the next fighter. Like, it's a, you're coming to an actual event, a nice show. And that's, and that's good for local-level guys to be able to put on a show like that. Absolutely, uh, I'd say yeah, they're gonna have full on entertainment and everything from what from what the uh, you know all the advertisements and stuff like that have been, which is pretty exciting, especially for I mean they're they're local business guys just like us, you know, yeah, and they're putting it all out there to get it done just like we are, so it's it's pretty cool and it's cool that they're doing it for for all of all the fighters. So you know we uh, we're working on some some specialty stuff with you, being as is, as you're gonna be representing all the firefighters out there. Yeah. I know. You yeah. Got... Let's, not put, let's, not, let's not put that stress on me now. <laughs> you know, you already carry it. Um, yeah. I mean, it's going to be cool. And, and we're super excited about that part too, because uh, you know, you're going in third alarm fighter uniforms and stuff that y'all got, you got in for your, for your corner staff and everything. That's, that's absolutely amazing. That stuff looks so good. Yeah, he, uh, so that's fighting out apparel and that's Jay Torres, man. And he did, um, he's out of, it's either Dallas or Fort Worth. I, I'm not. Uh, he'd fucking be pissed if I didn't know that. But I can't. I cannot honestly remember. It, dude, the work that he does is absolutely phenomenal, man. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm. You sent me that picture earlier. And I'm like, holy shit, that's so cool. Well, what? Uh, I mean, what other kind of kind of training stuff they got you on? Like, what's your nutrition program been like? Um, this this fight, man. I didn't go. I didn't go all out with stuff. I really just did stuff on my own. I didn't have a nutritionist, you know, it was just kind of like, I've been doing this for a while, right? Like we've talked before, like I've been pro MMA since 2008. I know how this goes. I know what I can eat. I know what I can't eat. I know that there's days that I need to, my body, like, you know, that people, some people say, oh, cheat There are days that your body has to go back and okay, I got that. Like, I'm not talking about splurging or this, but there were still days where, I'd have a pizza or two, a slice of pizza, not like a whole pizza, because that makes me sound like I'm a fat ass. Yeah, right. But, you know, there'd be guys that the guys are, we, it's just one of those days at the fire station, man, we ain't got time to eat shit, but I can get a, hey, I can get a pizza and get a couple slices of pizza in me. Like, I don't have a choice. Right. Well, and yeah. that's what, and that's what I would do, you know, but as far as like a specific regiment, I didn't, I wasn't on a specific regiment. Oh, okay. Eat, I mean, I, I, I'm more fireman, bro. I still gotta have caffeine. I still drink <laughs> rock stars like they're going out of style. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I've cut them back. So, well, I tried to cut them back. Uh, I'm only drinking one a day instead of the typical like four, five, six, seven, eight. So, I've done good there, I think. Well, what uh, what all is your crew been saying? Because I know you t- you you worked the other day, but you've taken couple shifts off going into this what uh what are they saying they think you're crazy or what yeah i mean but the good thing is is it brings out that 
hey, uh, I need to lose a couple pounds. Like, it's starting to, it's starting to be, I mean, it's hard. It, to them, they've seen this journey, so to them, I've just, you know, flashed by with getting skinnier, right? Mm-hmm. It's the guys that haven't seen me that are at the other station that are like, holy shit. Like, uh, what the hell? Are you sick? <laughs> you know, um, but then it's, you know, it, we've worked out together. We jump rope. Like, I, I've been in the gym at the station doing 10 rounds of jump rope. And then all of a sudden, they come in and start jumping rope. Like, it's just sparked that, hey, we need to work out. That's awesome. And everybody works out. Or we need to play volleyball. We got to be active doing something, right? And that that's the biggest thing is got to be active doing something Absolutely. you know i've read things that say that if you're worried about working out and catching a the fire then you're your own line of work like that's not what should be dictating what you do <laughs> yeah that you probably means work. you need to be the one working out yeah your ass needs to be in the gym then if that's what you're worried about but i've had then that's a good thing man i've had good times good days at the station where i can get those workouts in but I've had shitty times where I'm like, hey, man, I gotta, uh, I'm gotta, i going to have to bust my ass twice as hard tomorrow to get this work in because we couldn't today. Right. So, and that's just what I had to put in my head. I've gotten home at 6.50 in the morning and laid down and literally been like, three, two, one, get up. And got up out of bed and been like, you have to do this. Like, you don't have a choice. Like, how bad do you want it? Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I wondered about that because I know you go first thing in the morning to the gym, and that's the last thing you want to do when you've done been running calls all night. Um, but that's absolutely right. You, sometimes you just have to get up and do it. It's it's not for the faint of heart. Yeah. Well, what – uh? so how about your kids and stuff? What uh? What are they saying? I mean, what's what's their headspace uh, at when it comes to all this? Well, so my kids are competing, man. My kids just got done or getting ready to finish up wrestling. Uh, they've been competing that they're getting after it too, man. Um, they've been doing very well. First year wrestling, they both placed in multiple tournaments so that they've been doing, they've been doing extremely well. So, uh, this, they're, they're at the age now. They don't, um, they've never really been with involved in this because I haven't fought in so long, but you know, Devin, my daughter is like, you know, you're going to the gym or you have to fight. Now, granted, when they see me after the fight, they're like, what happened? Right. You know? Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm literally going to fight. I'm fighting Saturday night. I go back on duty Sunday morning. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That that might be <laughs> that might be hard. I didn't realize yeah. that. I thought you took off Sunday, too. So um, I was going to, but obviously short staffing and everything else, man, I, I couldn't. I got you. Yeah, so, struggles uh, of the fire service. Yeah, I had to pick that I want to take. But the last thing I didn't want to do, so I would have had to work tomorrow. I didn't want to take tomorrow and be at the station trying to cut weight and running calls and take the chance that I couldn't cut weight. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to do it the day after I fight and just hope that I'm not really fucked up when I go to work on Sunday. (laughs) Well, you wouldn't be the first one to show up after a hard night. Uh, yeah, as long as I can open my eyes and close my hands and do all that shit, I'd be good. I'll walk with a limp. I've done that shit for a long time. <laughs> yeah, no joke. Well, what? Um, so what's next for you? At, you know, after you get done with this fight, are you uh, you gonna get back on a April bike? April fifteenth. Oh, April fifteenth. So they've you already got uh, another date set. 
My plan is to fly every other month, bro. Dang. So when you gonna when you gonna get back on a bike? Oh, I don't know. It'll come. I'm sure. <laughs> um, when you need a break you know, I, from, I, the, from the ring. Yeah, and that that's one thing we talked about today. You know, he didn't want to talk too much because he wanted to keep the focus on on the fight. But I know that stuff he's gonna bring up. Like, hey, you know, take a take a week, take it two, whatever. You know, don't get out of shape, but relax. You can't do this shit every day. You have to just like work. You got to take time off. You know, you need a vacation. So, I don't know. We'll see what happens. Just kind of taking it one one fight at a time, one one step at a time. Definitely not gonna get out of the shape. That's for certain because I don't want to have to lose this shit again. <laughs> and I say that every time that I have to drop weight is I don't want to have to do this shit again. Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's genuine. That's everybody. I mean, you put on you put on a little bit of weight or a lot a lot of weight. It doesn't matter. Starting over is just it's it's the hardest thing it really is easier just keep going exactly and it, and that's the one thing that i hold especially now that especially now for us older folks <laughs> you know that it gets a little harder to come off mm-hmm. um to me it doesn't really i don't want to say it doesn't really seem like it did because i i obviously put the work in to get it off but you know it doesn't feel like it came off as easy Right. Well, you I mean, know, you're not 21 um, anymore. I mean, that that's yeah, just a fact. You yeah, know? that's that sucks. Yeah, yeah <laughs> you're right about that. But but I think a lot of that also is you know the mentality, man. You don't you don't age that way if you don't think about it. Like oh, completely. Yeah, you're absolutely. You know, right. I'm dude. I just started 30. I just turned 39, and I'm I'm making my pro boxing debut. I don't act like I'm 39. Mm-mm. You know. No 39, well, I'm not saying no 39 because there are phenomenal in-shape guys that I know that do all kinds of sports that are older than me that are way in better shape than I am. But most common 39-year-olds are not like, hey, I'm going to fucking turn pro boxing and get my fucking face beat in, and I'm going to go back to work. <laughs> it's so true. Oh, man, it's so true. Well, I can tell you, you know. just from uh, you know us being friends the last few years, and then you know locking arms with you and going into this uh, this whole pro boxing world with you, your your just your mental progression and your overall health and and happiness is man, it's it's obvious. Like it, it's really really cool, and I just want to uh, acknowledge that with you that uh, you're you're being like a beacon of light for positivity and for progression and growth and taking care of yourself and chasing your dreams and and all that stuff and i just wanted wanted to acknowledge that with you that uh it's it's pretty pretty profound just you know sitting here just watching i'm just you know third party outside looking in but being able to see it and somebody you know close to me and and watching them go through the journey and seeing what it's doing for them it's it's a really really cool experience and i think it is uh, definitely it's definitely, I fell back into what I love, man. And I, I contribute that to uh, where I'm at now. Because we had we had a guy get ready for Battle of the Badges, right? Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, he was getting ready for a fight. And it's like that switch clicked to me. I'm like, hey, motherfucker, you're a pro fighter. Like, you should start getting ready for a fight. And then my <laughs> crew was like, all oh, that's, you know, they knew that obviously prior to me getting there. I about to say, yeah, um, I remember the conversations, and I yeah, remember the, they were like, the reference checks I got on you. <laughs> yeah, and it just it started that whole thing to where, 
man, you could do this too. Like, and that's that's really what it was. And uh, here we are. <laughs> you know, almost fifty pounds lighter and uh, ready to fight. Something yeah. that should have happened a long time ago, but well, time I mean, stops it from happening, and it, you know it comes at the right time, I guess. Yeah, and I mean life happens. You know, that's the real real reality is life happens. Uh, yeah, you know you've been through it uh, <laughs> in every aspect, whether it was in your career or home life and everything, and it and it's uh, you know it's coming full circle, full swing now, where you know you've gotten a hold of everything that you need to get a hold of, and now you're you're doing what you need to do. So that's uh, it's pretty awesome, and uh, yeah, it was it was cool watching because I I knew when that came out, and I knew what crew you were going to, and I'm like, oh, this is this is gonna happen. I already know there's gonna be some peer pressure, and this shit is gonna happen. <laughs> and that's the thing, man. Like it was never none of them ever stepped in and said, hey, but when, when are you gonna fight again? It, all the questions were, why, why, why. And I honestly sat back and thought about. It. I'm like, I don't have a legitimate reason why. Like, because what I'm depressed. Yes, Fuck that you know, and, and <laughs> but but and, it was that the answer is still, yes. <laughs> yeah, we still deal with that shit. Like, yeah, I am, but I I used it as a crutch for so much shit, man, that I couldn't use it as a crutch anymore. And the fact that um, where am I now? Like, that's just contributed to them and this. Mm-hmm. You know. Well, and and for yeah, every single one of them and everybody around you that knew that. And knew that that was the reasons, uh, because well, see, they just recently one doesn't know because obviously he's somewhere else now. But one just recently found out that this is why I am where I'm at. Okay. You know, so that that was rather a shock. They were like, "Oh, we thought you were gonna no." <laughs> I had no plans to do this again until I got where I'm at. Right. Well, I uh, yeah, I love it. I think it's awesome. I I just I think it's a a perfect example for what. I mean, not necessarily. I mean, everybody doesn't have to become a professional boxer, but it's a it's a perfect example for getting in a rut, and basically, you know, whether it's a a, a rut in your career, a rut in your life, or or both, and then you just get to the point where you're going to have to make the decision: Am I going to stay in this and just stay in the mud, or am I going to figure out a way to get the hell out of this, w- regardless of what journey it is, whether it's fitness or a hobby? or building healthier relationships, whatever it is, you got to figure out a way to get yourself out of that rut. Yeah. Because you... And sometimes you can't you can't make that step alone. And, that, and that's... Man, I cannot... Oh, my God. I can't even preach that enough, man. That we're firemen. We think we're superhuman. But you, they, there's some shit you can't do by yourself. And sometimes you need help. And it's... As we said last shift, earlier, last shift, huh? as we said last podcast, it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to, whatever you were when you became a fireman and made you so happy, you have to keep that, man. Like, you can't just say, I'm a fireman, I got here, and and fall back into whatever. You, you have to keep what was making you happy before you became a fireman. Otherwise, you're going to fall into, the. this job's going to, mentally fucking drained you and unfortunately we've seen all too often that it will do more than that absolutely yeah i mean that's that is 100 percent how i feel about it all you know you made a, a comment earlier when we were talking about about that and having really the joy of the job and everything like that or 
or having to move jobs to find the joy of the job, you know, uh, myself, one thing that kind of, that honestly kind of put me in a rut was, you know, basically the stations I was at and stuff, there was zero, really just zero advancement besides being on the med unit or being on the, on the pumper and making med calls, making fires, which yes, that's our dream. But after you do that, after 10 years, you know, and all you're doing is making med units and making fires and you're not doing anything to expand your knowledge. When you do have bigger aspirations of doing, you know, whether it's technical rescue, swift water, wildland, hazmat, any, any other kind of specialty and stuff, if your station that you're at or your department that you even work for just flat ass doesn't have those capabilities or doesn't offer any of that, well, you're going to get in a rut. And yep. that's, you know, there's nothing wrong in my mind with going and seeking that to advance your career and keep your interest. You know, I, um, I hear podcasts and stuff like that. Other, you know, people say, you know, if you start finding yourself getting in that rut, you know, getting unmotivated with a job, falling out of love with the job, then, you know, go to a conference, go to a training, go to stuff like that. Well, that is those specialties and further, you know, further educating yourself and learning more tactics and all that by being involved in it. And it reignites that love for the job. And so you're absolutely right. You, you have to figure out what it is about being a fireman that it was that you made you want to become a fireman to begin with and then figure out how to, to keep that going and keep yourself engaged in the job, learning the job, keep yourself from getting in a rut bottom line. And if yep. it does take, you know, going, if you do want to go to paramedic school, if that's something that you're you know, interested in, like you, that you want to be a paramedic, then do it. And don't let people discourage you. You know, you're going to have, you know, you've heard it from me, you've heard it from RJ and, and everything. Now you're, you're going to have more than likely half the people around you in, in the things that you want to do and the, and the stuff that you want to chase, whatever it is, inside the fire career or outside, people are going to talk shit. They're going to talk shit. They're going to, they're going to hate on it. And just know that, Ultimately, it doesn't really matter because what matters is keeping yourself happy, keeping yourself out of that rut, and and doing the, the fire service and being part of the fire service for the right reasons and doing the best for the community. And you do the best in that community by making yourself engaged in the job and being happy doing the job, whatever avenue that is. Anyway, man, well, uh, what else you got? It's getting pretty late. and I know, If you're uh, in Houston, yeah, you need to come to the fight in Humble. On Saturday, you will definitely uh, be well entertained. And if you're not in Houston and you want to watch it, you can go to GloveUpPromotions.com and you can stream it. Be like, hey, I listened to that crazy bastard on this podcast and there he is getting punched in the face. (laughs) Hopefully not. Hopefully I don't get touched at all, but I'm kind of a realist to know that it's going to happen, so... Absolutely. Yeah, especially when it comes to pro. It's not like you're fighting in somebody's backyard. So, uh, yeah, for everybody, uh, just to reiterate that, uh, Saturday, February 11th in Humble, Texas. It's going to be at the Humble Civic Center. Huge show. A mass production is going to be is going to be going on with this. RJ is scheduled to be in the second fight of the night. Gates open at 5 o'clock. For those of y'all that don't know, because, you know, we've all been – he and I have both been asked, you know, what – what are we looking at? You know, what time do you think he'll actually go go in the ring and everything? For people that don't know, the way fight nights work is there is no set times. Gates open and the show starts. And if you're in the second fight, well, if the first fight is a first round knockout, you're gonna be fighting a whole lot quicker than what you thought. There is no designated times. It just 
it is what it is. Um, they move through yep. through the fights as they go. If they go, you know, uh, uh, full rounds and everything, then he gets a little bit more time in the locker room to get himself psyched up. But um, it, it may not be that way. So get there early. Uh, get your seats there. Uh, we've been checking, you know, the uh, the ticket list and everything and, and seeing and, and they're selling pretty quickly, especially now that, that some of the fights have actually been committed like RJ's people have passed all their medical board exams and, you know, people are making weight and all that kind of stuff. So fights are getting locked in and tickets are selling. So if you're in the area, come on out. You know, you can uh, most fights and stuff. You dress up a little bit. But if you want to rep a little bit of uh, firefighter apparel of some kind, go ahead and do it. And, you know, y'all, y'all cheer for RJ. Help him out. We, uh, I was waiting on this show to announce we do have the shirts and stuff for, for the, the sponsorship that's going to be going towards RJ and, and his run, you know, throughout his career. We've got those shirts in. We are going to start taking sales now that I'm going to be putting this show out. Uh, you'll be able to buy those, th- you know, through our Facebook and stuff like that. And I'm going to take that money from everything that we make off the RJ shirts and, uh, and help him out with paying for his training paying for the gear oh, that he's got to get Hell yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Basically yeah, just hey, to- uh, eating clean is not, is not uh, cheap. <laughs> no, FYI. no, especially not whenever uh, eggs are like $30 a damn carton now and shit. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I, the best thing I can tell you is find someone that has chickens and become best friends with them. <laughs> I know that's right. Yeah. So that's our plan. And you know, if you want to help support him, that's what we're going to be doing. The team and I have, have drawn a pretty badass design of shirt. And uh, it represents him and represents the fire service. Uh, pretty cool graphics on the back. And we'll, we'll be putting those up on the Facebook. And I'll be able to take, like, Venmo payments and stuff like that. We'll get them shipped out to you. So we've got that coming down uh, now that we've got the show locked in. And, uh, yeah, y'all be sure and uh, and come out and support on the, on the Facebook page. I did share the link. I'll share it again uh, on Saturday, the link to be able to watch it live, you know, if you're not local or you live far away and stuff like that because we definitely want y'all to share or cheer him on. And, and then y'all share the link. Let, let other firefighters know. Post it in your stuff. Like, hey, go on here and support this guy. You know, sh- share whatever you want to from our page and stuff like that. Our Facebook, Instagram is steadily growing every single day. Uh, still getting a ton of views. I'm going to start becoming a whole lot more active. Basically, you know, for those of you that, that don't know and everything, I just had a, a newborn right at the end of, of last year on December 27th. So, uh, for those of you that have kids she, and she ha- couldn't make it one more day, she couldn't make it one more day. <laughs> oh, that's all she had to do was make it one more day. Man, we didn't want her to make it one more day. <laughs> uh, one more day. That's all she had to do. One more day. Uh huh. Yeah. Well, uh, mama was pretty miserable. I didn't, uh, I didn't want her to have to go through it too much longer, but, um, yeah, I'm sure. But all she had to do one more day and she'd been, Hey, I got the same birthday as uncle RJ. Uh huh. That's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know that she'd want to have your same birthday. Then, yeah, well, then, I mean, you see, hey, this is what you become right here. Well, they definitely crazy. I'll give you that. Yeah. But uh, anyways, guys, well, yeah, y'all, uh, you know, keep sharing, keep getting this good information out. Um, go on there and, you know, buy the shirt and stuff like that. We've got hats put together that we just got our samples in for that. I know a lot of y'all are liking that on the Facebook page. We are going to make an order of those and, and have those up for sale as well. Um, RJ will be repping one of those at his weigh-in. Uh, Friday night as well as you know having the logo and everything like that all over basically all of his apparel so it's pretty weigh-ins I will be live streaming weigh-ins by the way okay I was awesome. going to tell, tell you that earlier but yes I will be live streaming weigh-ins okay so people will be able to see them alright perfect so there you go guys um, 
yeah, y'all continue to, to like, follow uh, the page and everything. Keep sharing all the information and uh, getting it out there. And we just want to thank y'all for all the support. It's been absolutely awesome. Go back and listen to RJ's original show if, you know, you're just now hearing about him. And uh, y'all be sure and share. But anyways, we'll see y'all on the next one. Thank you, guys. Everybody uh, be safe. Put you right back in your place Just like a whaler's